Greetings, listeners. Missing HG Wells has his regrets already? Don't worry, because we've got a fantastic show to recommend to you that will pull you out of your post-podcast pessimism in no time. We would like to recommend to you The Gorgon Show. Everyone else has a podcast, so why shouldn't monsters? Pelicephalonia, a gorgon, interviews monsters, cryptids, and the occasional human on The Gorgon Show. Featuring talking head snakes, Sybil the Oracle and her wackadoodle horoscope segment, and the talented voice actors performing as a variety of creatures, this improv comedy podcast is fun listening for humans and monsters. Penny the Gorgon started her first podcast to reconnect with her monster heritage, interviewing a variety of monsters to learn about their daily lives among, or apart from, humans. Her guests include well-known creatures like Pegasus, but many of them are more obscure cryptids and mythological creatures. These include Taraxippus, or Horse Disturber, in the pilot, the Skogskra, a Swedish forest creature who turns men into introverts, and the Ozark Howler. Learn about life as a monster in the human world with Penny and her snakes in The Gorgon Show, wherever you listen to podcasts. There is really no limit to what you can put on combined on a pizza. Uh, it's amazing. No limits. You can just tell the chef to put anything. It's your very own dream sandwich. Hi, you're listening to The Gorgon Show podcast about being a monster in a human world. I'm your host, Penny Cephalonia, and I'm a Gorgon. Listeners, you know how proud I am of being a monster and how much I love my fellow monsters. That's why I started this podcast, so I could learn about my fellow monsters and share their awesomeness with you all. But I'm going to come clean and admit that I am not a fan of all of my fellow monsters. I am not a fan of gremlins. Ew, like in that 1980s movie? Like, don't feed them after midnight, gremlins? No, Zappa. Real gremlins are not like the ones in the movie. They're smaller. And worse. Er. In fact, they are the absolute worst. You, uh, need me to take care of some gremlins for you, Penny? No, Forbes, I, I do not need my head snakes going down that dark, dark road, because then I'd have to come with you. Does this have to do with today's podcast being, like, all broken for a bit? Yes, exactly. Listeners, this interview was supposed to be posted some time ago, but Gremlins got into my guest's audio equipment. They also got into her cell phone and sent the rudest texts to her contacts. It was awful. Ew, what a bunch of, like, gnarly assholes. Indeed. Tiny little assholes of chaos. But they were dealt with. Ooh. No, Forbes, not like that. The gremlins were caught and released into the home of a particularly mean human. It was a win-win. So please enjoy this wonderful gremlin-free interview, listeners. But first, enjoy this also gremlin-free word from one of our wonderful sponsors. It's early spring, 1996, in the small northern California town of Port Nocheville. A popular high school cheerleader has gone missing and everyone in the town is searching for her. Longtime Port Nocheville resident Vlad Ripmava joins the evening search parties as they hunt everywhere for signs of the girl. But when they find her body, drained of blood, Ripmava becomes the hunted, 
and then more girls go missing. The Pointy End of the Pitchfork is a podcast about monsters falsely accused of committing crimes actually committed by humans. One story, one true story, is told over the course of each season. Season one tells the story of Vlad Ripmava, a vegan vampire who fights for his life, even as he tries to help the human girls who are losing theirs. You can listen to The Pointy End of the Pitchfork on your favorite podcast platform. I'd like to welcome our guest. She is a skugsfraw? I'm so sorry. I don't speak Swedish. Please introduce yourself and tell us who you are and how to properly pronounce your name. Hello. My name is Britt Marie and I am a skogsråa from Scandinavia. That that is amazing. Skogsråa? Skogsråa. That I am not going to slaughter the Swedish language any more than I already have. <laughs> I will leave that up to the experts. And and Brit, that 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 is your name? Did I say that right? Brit Marie. Brit Marie. I am so delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the Gorgon Show. Thank you for having me. I love your studio. Now, please tell us. You are a ruler of the forests. What does that mean? Well, I am a skogsrå, which means ruler of the forest. There are other ruler spirits, Bairisirå, Havsrå, Gruvrå. Um, that means mountain, mine, swamp and sea, other areas of the world. But I'm, uh, I would say I'm a forest guardian. I protect the forest and its inhabitants, and that includes humans. If they behave, I can help them or punish them, give them good hunting luck or lead them so far into the forest that they starve to death. It's very well thought out and balanced, actually. That human will then turn into excellent fertilizer for a variety of life forms. That, that is remarkable. So what would you want humans to know about you, and what would you want them to know about how they can, well, <laughs> not get on your bad side? I believe the less humans know about me, the better. I suppose they would call me an environmentalist. Humans have a tendency to view themselves as separate from nature and the environment, when they are only brief guests, and they too will turn to worm food in time. That is a very good point, and though gorgons like me are long-lived, we all know that it just takes one asshole with a sword for us to become worm food, too. That's a very, very good lesson for both humans and monsters to remember. So, how do you protect the forest? What is it that you do? Do you plant trees? What is it that you do to protect your home? Oh, you know, as I said, I'm the guardian and ruler of the forest, so I walk my rounds, make sure everything and everyone is feeling well. I'm kind of like a forest ranger, but more competent. Um, I see to it that the trees aren't affected by too much rot, that the mushrooms have good vibes and good level of moisture. If a squirrel is naughty, I will remember him, and if a fox is kind, I will lead her to the naughty squirrel. I help the animals give birth and protect their young. Sometimes 
humans light fires and that's okay, they have no fur, they get cold. But they fall asleep and the fire spreads and suddenly we have a bigger problem than a frozen human. Firewatch is a big thing in my job. Okay, do you have fire towers like we have in many forests in the United States where you can go up high and watch for fires? Uh, we do, but I just climb a big tree. That makes sense. It's called a tall in Swedish. I don't know if it means that they are tall or if tall comes from the Old Norse word. <laughs> oh, well, what is your favorite kind of tree? Are some trees nicer than others? That's a bit of a problematic question. Uh, I don't pick any favorites, you see, and they are listening to this podcast. I think that's very wise because... Just like you don't want to piss off a forest guardian, you don't want to piss off trees either. No. No, you don't. Yes, you know, that was going to be my next question. For human and fellow monster listeners, uh, could you describe what you look like? You know, for example, I'm a gorgon. I look like a human, but I have snakes on my head. What do you look like? I think many would call me a humanoid tree creature. Ah. Most outsiders interpret me as a human woman. Ah, a, a human woman. Oh, fascinating, fascinating. More or less naked, depending on the season and my foliage. I'm neither tree nor human, but somewhere in between. This is just a simplification because there are humans among your listeners, after all. Uh, let's see, what else is different? Um, my back is hollowed out like an old tree trunk. And uh, my eyes resemble that of a great owl. My fingers are long like big rakes. Oh, I bet that's very helpful when you are working in the forest. Yes, and for grabbing things and catching sunlight, ah, that sort of lovely. thing. So do you interact with humans often? And, and what is that interaction like? You were talking about seeing them light fires to, to keep warm in the forest, but do you actually interact with them often. I, I try to avoid interaction with humans for their own safety. How about you? I don't interact with them to be social, only when I have to. Like if, if they fall asleep by the fire, I put it out and give them a nightmare to wake them up. And if someone is being a bit too greedy with cutting down trees, I do a little something with their machines to make sure it goes through flesh and not wood. Ah, okay. What, what is the worst thing a human or a fellow monster could do to your forest? What would make you, um, let's say, make a chainsaw be a little extra murdery? Oh, the big companies that chop down so many trees that entire forests are eradicated and replaced by emptiness. So many species dead or displaced when that happens. I hate it. So that's when I, um, cause the bloodbaths. Oh. oh, that's awful. And they call us the monsters. They call us the monsters. Oh my goodness. I, I, does it give you any pleasure to have to do that? Or does it just make you sad for your tree friends, who are all your favorites, trees, we just want to emphasize, you are all her favorites. <laughs> uh, I admit I do enjoy it, even if it is painful that they went and did something so terrible that I had to do that. 
And, and that's when the chainsaws go a little extra saw. Is that right? That's right. They bring it on themselves, really. Nice. Yeah, and it grinds everything down to a fine sludge ready to be composted. Oh, that's... Oh, that's just mean. I like it. So, are there others of your kind protecting the forest? Or are you a more solitary monster? I mean, I have a large community of gorgons that I actually try to avoid because, you know, family. But... Do you interact with other monsters of your kind, or, or other monsters at all? I am solitary for the most part. There are many rulers of different kinds. We are a handful of Skulksros out there, but we keep to our own territories. We don't meet each other to reproduce, but we procreate through... Oh, no, I, I, I shouldn't say, should I? Yeah, it's a bit private. That is, you, you make it as personal as you want to, and that's totally up to you. Uh, oh, I'm comfortable. I wasn't sure grown-up talk like this was allowed on your show. I, of course, very much want to know, and our listeners may want to know as well. But once again, only talk about what you're comfortable talking about. But I definitely want to know. Okay, well, so we grow to be the age of about 500 years. And when it's time to make a new skoksro, every 50 years or so, I go out in search of a man. Mm -hmm. So I pick a man, a human man, and I lure him deep into the forest. So far, he can't find his way back home. Then I steal his name, his voice, and his will to live. Then, when I have everything I need, I drop him back outside his house. And he is heavily introverted and changed for the rest of his life. That's a side effect. What a bonus. Oh, you are longer lived than Gorgons. Um, but that's that is fascinating. I I must ask, how does the human male react to this? Do they get some pleasure out of it? Or do you just always pick real assholes who deserve it? Oh, they are very into it all the way and they do enjoy it. They just don't remember anything afterwards. Okay. And yeah, like I said, it can be any man, but I prefer picking someone who deserves having their life turned really, really bad. He's an asshole to everyone, so everyone is happier if he's turned into an introvert. An introvert? Oh. So he keeps to himself and doesn't bother anyone. Exactly. Okay, that is... Wow, you are... You are quite the tree creature. Oh my goodness gracious. Did not see that one coming. So, when it comes to humans who aren't assholes, what... Are some of your favorite human inventions of, let's say, the last 200 years? I could imagine a chainsaw is not one of your most favorite inventions, but I'm fascinated by human life and, and human culture and human inventiveness. What is something that humans have made that just makes you go, oh, that's, that's pretty cool? Oh, um, the first one I can think of is not quite a human invention, but the humans recently introduced an herb to my country, Sweden, that didn't grow here originally. It has many funny names. I think in English you say weed. Weed. I think it makes myself oh. and others a okay, lot so calmer. Very, very illegal still, but that only seems to add to the appeal. It's a good time. So, so their cultivation of medicinal herbs is what you're saying. Their use of plant life for the betterment of life. 
Is that what you're saying? Oh, yes, very much calms you down, balances you out, and the Scandinavian flora is diversified. As you say, win-win. Oh, yes, win-win. Go humans. Good job. Is there a human invention other than weed that has changed your life for better or, or for worse? Mm, I don't like motorer and uh, engines, cars, trains, uh, the mm. ones that go bop, 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 helicopter, very loud. They make everyone stressed. Yeah. It used to be that I was the loudest creature in the forest. Oh, do you do you do you have a particular sound? Do you make a lot of noise? Yes. Like as a gorgon, I try to keep it on the down low and keep a little quiet. But are are you a loud monster generally? For the most part, you can't hear me. But my maximum volume, so to speak, that's so. Oh. Ooh, that's effective. Oh. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I cannot demonstrate my scream as it would trigger another mating season. But it is impressive. Yeah, I'm I'm very open minded on on my podcast, but I I wouldn't want to do that to my audience. Let's not jumpstart the mating season right right now, if that's okay. No, no, let's not. It's an absolute nightmare and nothing gets done for at least a month. So what is something that you find humorous about these humans that you observe and, and sometimes kidnap? Um, We've sort of already talked about this, but I find it fascinating that they are very driven by... They are horny, a lot of them. It gets ridiculous at some points. It's predictable. But wait, I have met some that didn't react hornily at all. Mm. So instead I bribed them by telling them where they could find some cool rocks. That worked too. You have to improvise. Rocks. They found rocks attractive. Fascinating. I have never met these humans. More that they were very into collecting them. I don't think it was sexual, just to hunt for nice-looking minerals. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't kink shame, but I would find it a little strange if a human got horny for a rock. But then again, humans, I've studied them for just about all of my life, but they still surprise me, and I would not be surprised. Oh, absolutely. There probably are rock enthusiasts of the horny kind, too, but not the ones I met. You make a very, very good point. I guess it it all comes down to the shape and size of the rock, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. I, I just had a thought. Um, as a Gorgon, I... Uh, I'm I'm not going to speak about me personally, because I, I don't really like to talk about it, but as a Gorgon, you may know Gorgons, we turn people to stone, and, and some other monsters sometimes, we turn them to stone, and now and now I'm wondering if, if these people who are, um, let's say, turned on by rocks, I... Oh, good. You know what? I, I think I need to talk to my fellow Gorgons about making sure that when we hide the evidence, we really make sure we hide the evidence. I, I wouldn't want um, those statues to uh, 
you know, those perfectly legitimate sculpted by a great artist statues that just appear out of nowhere. And we have no idea where Bob went. No one knows where Bob went. It's okay. I'm sure Bob's happy somewhere. Let's just make sure Bob is hidden somewhere where, where perhaps these horny for rocks on Maine humans can't get a hold of him. Oh, goodness gracious. Anyway, back to our guest. So we talked about some of the human inventions that you both like and dislike. I, I must ask, I don't know if you eat human food, but if you do, what, what's your favorite human food? Oh, recently I've been very into pizza. You can't find a pizzeria around here that doesn't serve at least 30 types of pizzas. Do you know pizza? It's a bread with tomato oh, and cheese. Pizza. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pizza. I've lived all around the United States and have had all kinds of pizza. Oh, human pizza is amazing. What kind of pizza do you like? It is. There's one with Nutella on it. Nutella. Really like that one. And another one that has uh, chicken, banana, and curry. That's three different biomes in one meal. Very exciting. Wow. Very exotic. Uh, there is really no limit to what you can put on combined on a pizza. Uh, it's amazing. No limits. You can just tell the chef to put anything. It's your very own dream sandwich. Pizza is your dream sandwich. I have a new appreciation for human pizza thanks to you. Humans sometimes get very judgy about the toppings that other humans put on their pizza. But I say, fuck that. Pizza is your dream sandwich. Oh, that's delightful. Thank you. So, what scares you? What is your worst fear? Oh, that... That has to be... Ingvar Kamprad and his Dark Empire. Do you know him? Ingvar... Goodness, no. I thought that was a Swedish curse word. Who is that? It's the founder of IKEA. Oh, the furniture store. Yes, yes. They go absolutely apeshit making furniture out of so much wood and turn it into impossible puzzles that makes everyone mad. Ah. No joy comes from his evil empire. Oh my goodness gracious, I, I'm going to have to purchase my Swedish fish candies from somewhere else. I never thought about that, thank you. But yeah, what an asshole. Oh, um, perhaps you could, um, introvert him. <clears throat> Wink. Oh, no need. I already killed him. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, okay. Um, uh, anyone who is in international law enforcement, you did not hear that part. Nope, nope. We can, we can maybe edit that in post. But he, <laughs> good for you. I, I do, I do have to admit, though, IKEA is, is the source of my Swedish meatballs. Um, they're hard to find good Swedish meatballs in human grocery stores. Um, but I, I can live without Swedish meatballs. I will stand in solidarity with you and get them elsewhere. Perhaps I can you give can... you my recipe if you like. Generations old, very good. You will not want Ikea's shitty meatballs ever again. <gasps> yes, I was about to ask. I would love to know. Okay. So you need to get a bowl and put in a dash of milk with ströbröd. Um, that is breadcrumbs. Ströbröd is breadcrumbs. One deciliter milk with two tablespoons of breadcrumbs and let it swell for a few minutes. 
Then you add 500 grams of minced meat, a chopped onion, an egg, sprinkle of soy sauce, salt and pepper to taste, and mix everything together with your hands. That part is important. Feel the death and decay on your fingers. Roll into nice little balls. It helps to dip your hand in a bowl of water in between rolling so it doesn't stick in your hand. Then fry the meatballs in butter. Serve with mashed potatoes and lingonsilt. Did you get all that? Per perhaps I'll try a Swedish meatball pizza someday. You can just email me the recipe. Okay, <laughs> where were we before we derailed on meatballs? Oh yeah, Ikea. Things that scare me. I'm afraid of climate change, of course. Of species being eradicated. Yes, climate change is, is something that should scare all of us, humans and monsters alike. I, I know some friends who are sea monsters. Someday I will have my friend the Kraken on the show... And we will bash Clash of the Titans, that movie, so hard. But that's a future episode. But my sea monster friends are having such a difficult time. And it's, it's sad to hear that the forests are also suffering. So in this difficult time for both humans and monsters, wh what is getting you through it? What helps you stay hopeful? Predictable change. That keeps me hopeful. The change of the seasons, the passing of time, the knowledge that we are all connected. We are never truly alone or isolated. There are spores in your lungs, there are microorganisms in the water you drink. The air you breathe has been in, in the book lungs of a spider across the globe. That feels nice. That is both wonderful and fucking terrifying. I don't want book spiders in my lungs, and yet I like the idea that we are all connected. Huh. Well, that's that's a truly wonderful attitude to have. Is is that something you would advise your fellow monsters and your humans to do as as a hope to hold on to that we are all connected and we need to take care of one another when we're not turning each other to stone or into introverts? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I um, I don't know if I'm capable of connecting, but then again, as we were talking about earlier, there's always weed and I guess shrooms. Okay. So it's hard to be hopeful about the future, but something that can help us be helpful about the future is to see the future. Uh, Sybil, my, my roommate, is um, able to see the future. <clears throat> so I'm going to and have the present. I heard you talking about me. Oh, yes, yes. That's, ooh, you have these amazing powers of being able to hear me through the closet door. Okay, so let's look into the future with my oh-so-delightful roommate, Sybil. Hi, Sybil. Hi. So uh, real quick before we get into the horoscope segment, which is obviously everybody's favorite segment, mm -hmm. I just want to include my take on a very important topic. The best pizza topping is sauerkraut. So just so all our listeners are aware of that. Okay. Okay. So would all of our futures be brighter if we put sauerkraut on our pizza? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, and I don't even need my third eye to tell me that. Okay. 
Ah, once again, this is starting off oh so well. Sybil, before you begin, I'd like to introduce you to our guest. Her name is Britt Marie, and she is a, okay, okay, I think I got it, Skugroa. How was that? That was excellent. You're <gasps> getting it. Thank you so much. I do not want to be disrespectful of your culture, but my mouth can only do so much. So, Sybil, um, hi. In in your horoscope, I hope I hope you address issues like like climate change. What does our future hold? Is there any hope for humans and monsters in the future? What have you got for us, my crazy ass roommate? Ah, uh, well. I could probably give you one free, you know, initial vision for the planet Earth, but it's it's going to be pretty broad. There's still a lot of actions that humans can take that might make some difference. It's fairly unlikely that these selfish humans are going to take those actions, but if they do, then there is some hope. But if not, yeah, things are looking pretty grim, uh, unfortunately, but it's hard to say when that's going to happen. That's... Okay. That's what's fuzziest, I think, is the timeline. Okay, vague and pessimistic. That's that's great. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, Britt Marie, I have a question for you. Uh, what sign are you in the horoscope? Mm, I don't know the English word. In Swedish, it's vågen. It's like um, you have like two bowls and you weigh things in it. Oh, like scales. Libra. Gotcha. Okay. Libra. The, the scales. Yes, Libra. All right. Uh, so I'm going to start with Libra just for you. So as you know, as an oracle, I have to uh, ingest or inhale or something, uh, some kind of mind-altering substance to trigger the really clear specific visions. I have just snorted the ashes of a lost masterpiece. So that's kind of kicking in right now. And I, we'll I, see if this... I don't want to know where you got that. And yet I am morbidly curious. I used one of your sketches. Um, and, you know, it was pretty good. So, okay. So, yeah, thank you for that. It's really helpful. We'll see how good the visions are. Okay. So, Libra. Okay. I am seeing, oh, this is very appropriate. I'm seeing a forest. And on the edge of this forest, there is a house aglow. And there's a beautiful woman just outside the house. So, Britt Marie, I think I might be seeing your next mate's home. I think that might be what I'm seeing. Um, and I think that his house may burn down in the process somehow. I'm seeing an art-stealing bitch in my future. So, theoretically, this, this vision should apply to all Libras. So, I am skewing it a little bit more toward your personal future. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be literal in your case. As long as you know, because I think every Libra is going to get something different out of this. And, you know, that's all I can do is I can give you what I see and then you have to take what you get from it. I see all jail. Right, so next I see up, jail in your future. Next up is Scorpio. And uh, I do not see jail in my future because I can see the cops coming. So it's mm. unlikely to ever be a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, Scorpio. Scorpio, it looks like your future is going to involve a lot of water. I see a dolphin diving into the water and some candlelight. So I don't know. That seems like it has some romantic connotations, perhaps. 
with uh, the dolphin. But again, oh wait, I don't. Kink some shame. Scorpios are probably going to drown. Uh, you know, that's that's usually when water happens. It usually is pretty literal for some people. Well, or perhaps some Scorpios are going to have a romantic date and other Scorpios are going to drown. Uh, or perhaps there are some uh, dolphin listeners and they're they're just going to have a, you know, a good time jumping out of the water. Yes, dolphins are our core demographic. Thank you, Sybil. Next. All right, next is Sagittarius. So Sagittarius, I see a bear. It is a glowing pink bear and... It is really big, like the size of a building. Again. The animal that eats berries and salmon kind of bear, or the gay human kind? Oh, it might be. In my mind's eye, I am seeing like a literal, the the forest animal bear, uh, but that might be metaphorical. So this might be referring to a bear in uh, gay culture, in human gay culture. So... Yeah, that's what I'm seeing for you, Sagittarius. Bears. I hope the bears don't drown. I like I like to share donuts with bears. Donuts! Shh, Duncan, no. These are, you know, those were different signs, so probably not a lot of people are both uh, Scorpio and Sagittarius. I don't know how that would even happen. I don't know. In your world, that could totally happen because all of this is just made-up bullshit. Anyway, next. Next up is Aquarius. I see... A bedroom and it looks like oh it's beautiful there are some lovely pink and purple curtains and some beautiful pillows strewn on the ground some candlelight it looks like Aquarius is going to be having a very nice evening coming up I'm sure that'll make many Aquarians very very happy since it doesn't involve burning buildings or drowning while fucking a dolphin okay who's next Pisces. Pisces, I see a bridge leading to a god. It looks like you are going to be taking a journey and you're going to find something very important. Uh, And knowing what I do about gods, it probably won't end well, but uh, it's something epic is coming for you, Pisces. Okay. Next up, we have Aries. Aries, I see you hunched over in the rain protecting something as you flee it looks like a building with a lot of people in it is the building on fire they're not holding a building they're running away from a building they're holding something sounded like they were holding a tiny building oh oh she makes stuff sound utterly absurd quite often yes I can't see what they're holding. Uh, they're they're hiding it from both the rain and from me. Uh, my vision can't get a good angle on it. They're probably rescuing my art. Well, it is a little late for that. Now you're just rubbing it in. Th- th- oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Solidarity from the guest. Oh, please continue, roommate. All right. Taurus. Uh, Taurus, I see you standing in the ruins of a burned down library. Oh, we're all into burning shit today, aren't we? Uh, yeah, this does happen sometimes. The the substance that I acquire the visions from influences the vision. So uh, if you remember last time, there was some moon dust involved and there was a lot of glowing light. Yeah. Uh, this time around, the ashes are, are, you know, they're helping me see futures that involve fire a little more easily. Yeah, well, that's that's a little hard on on our guests. So maybe, maybe be a little less... Bernie. Well, we'll see. We only have a few left. So, Gemini. 
Gemini, uh, there is a field full of sunshine and someone lounging on a blanket. I think you might be having a picnic. There are a lot of date-related ones in this uh, this horoscope session, aren't there? Well, that that's nice. Maybe a, a, a bear will show up at the picnic. A bear and a dolphin on a date. Maybe. Or a dolphin. Yeah. Oh, a dolphin and a bear. At a, that actually sounds quite delightful to have a picnic with a dolphin and a bear and not to be set on fire or drown. That sounds like a very nice time. Yeah, it kind of does. Next up is Cancer. I believe last time Cancer was the one with the giant baby flying over a city. Uh, so let's see if your week yes. is getting any better this time. All right, Cancer, I am seeing a series of statues and stained glass and a cat. It's a really cute cat. So much, much better I don't know, than a giant maybe, baby. Yeah, maybe some of Cancers are going to church or uh, going to tour some really cool historical buildings, but there will be cats, which make everything better. Cats do. Yes, I want to have a black a cat, with the and cat. it is very fluffy. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, especially are, are lots of fluff around the face. Oh, fluffy! I love when they have little beards. You, I know you're a fan of forest animals. Brit Marie, but how about animals that humans have domesticated? Do you, do you like cats and dogs? Oh yes, dogs are sweet, but they give me away to the humans by barking. Uh, I have quite a few gangs of stray cats in my woods. I really enjoy them. Oh, that's oh, that's so nice. That's very, very, very nice. I so enjoy talking to you much more than I enjoy talking to my roommate. Okay, Sybil, let's get this over with. Keep going, please. Leo. Uh, Leo, I would really not recommend getting on a plane anytime soon. I am seeing pretty vividly there is a Grim Reaper in an airport. Uh, so that doesn't seem like a great sign for you, Leo. Okay, I, I wonder what the TSA would think of the Grim Reaper's scythe going through security. Now I'm going to think about that because it's a lot better to think about that than to think about what else my roommate's going to say. Okay, Sybil, what's next? We've only got one more. Uh, so this is for Virgo. Uh, Virgo, I see a beautiful palace at night and you are outside of it and you are going toward it. Uh, I can't tell if it's with good intentions or not, Virgo. So, uh, you know, whatever you're up to, good luck. Okay, Virgos, good luck and good luck to all the zodiac signs with the bullshit nonsense that my roommate has just spewed. Thank you so much, Sybil. And thank you so hey, much. All Oracle visions seem like bullshit nonsense until they come true. And then, you know, no one thanks me, but usually because they're dead by that point. Okay. That's, you're just the best. So, Britt Marie, I'm not being sarcastic with you. This has been really wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing uh, with us your life and, and your causes. And, and I hope that all of our listeners care a little more about the environment and specifically the forests because of you coming on our show. I, I hope we can help. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so very much for having me on as a guest on your lovely show. I will send you some rocks and email you that recipe for Swedish meatballs. And then you can make the best dream sandwich, pizza with meatballs. Swedish meatball pizza. Oh, we should pizza. post that online. 
Yeah, yes, we totally should. I see Swedish meatball pizza in my future, but I'm not going to share with my roommate because she steals my art. Thank you, everyone. See you next time on The Gorgon Show. Bye. The Gorgon Show with me, Penny Cephalonia, is a proud member of the Faustian Nonsense Network. You can find us on Twitter at at Gorgon Show or email us with questions and comments at gorgonshow at faustiannonsense.com. All music in The Gorgon Show is by TJ the Empathic Vampire. You can find more of his work linked in the show notes. Thank you for listening to The Gorgon Show.